They might be doing more harm than good by prying into their private lives. An honest man has nothing to fear from the truth. Jeffrey Rush is one of Australia's most famous actors. He's made dozens of movies, won an Oscar, and he's been Australian of the Year. Today, however, he is a diminished, and according to those who know him, shattered man. Today I have filed defamation proceedings against the Daily Telegraph in the Federal Court of Australia. It is an action I am taking in order to redress the slurs, innuendo and hyperbole that they have created around my standing in the entertainment industry and in the greater community. I'm Peter Frey, Editor-in-Chief of Crikey, and this is the third episode of our Inquiry Journalism podcast, Jeffrey Rush Trial by Media, made in collaboration with Fourth Estate, Inc., and crikey.com.au. So far, we've revealed how the Sydney Daily Telegraph came to publish what a judge later called was reckless allegations of predatory sexual behavior in a live performance on stage against Jeffrey Rush and how Rush responded to these claims by suing for defamation, and how he categorically and emotionally defended himself in court. Now we come to Erin G. Norville. She is the talented young actor who found herself at the center of an epic libel court battle. She is another victim in this story, this sorry story of journalism gone wrong. Norville was never part of the telly's infamous King Lear, L-double-E-R, story. She wasn't a source for that story, or even named in that story. In fact, her representative, the Sydney Theatre Company, which was putting on King Lear, made it clear to The Telegraph's reporter, Jonathan Moran, that she wanted nothing to do with his story before it was published. And then she turned up in court as a key witness for the defence. With me is Amber Schultz, one of the Inc. reporters who has reconstructed the Jeffrey Rush case alongside her colleague, Georgia Wilkins. And I should say, that this podcast is a production of Crikey's Investive Unit alongside 2SER's Fourth Estate. Amber, tell us about Erin Jean Norville and her leading role in this drama. Erin Jean Norville testified in court for eight hours across two days. It was fascinating, gripping and revealing. The story of a young woman who found herself in the international spotlight, embroiled in a court case where she gave detailed and often emotional evidence against one of her professional heroes. She started by recounting how she first met Jeffrey Rush at the opening night of an indie play she starred in at a warehouse in Melbourne's Industrial Inner West. Norville told the court she was excited that a big star had come to see her play, and she explained how he offered to write her a reference letter after she had mentioned her plans to go to the US. I felt overwhelmed and flattered and excited. I guess I hoped that he would want to have a more close working professional relationship with me. I thought that he respected me. Then things started to turn sour. Yeah, she recalled during the closing night of the STC production of a play called Suddenly Last Summer in 2015, Rush was, quote, standing very close to me and I remember feeling uncomfortable about how close he was standing. I remember feeling embarrassed and uncomfortable. Then came the infamous production of King Lear, where she was co-starring alongside Rush. Mm, That's right. Erin Jean recalled how, during the third week of rehearsals, while she was playing dead, Rush had stopped speaking, mid-monologue. I had my eyes closed, and I remember hearing, like, titters of laughter, murmuring responses around around the rehearsal room, and I... 
I opened my eyes and Jeffrey was kneeling over me and he had both of his hands above my torso and he was stroking, gesturing, stroking up and down my torso and gesturing, groping or cupping above my breasts. And he was looking up to the front of the room and kind of raising his eyebrows and bulging his eyes and smiling and licking his lips. Norville told the court that the play's director, Neil Armfield, ordered Rush to stop, an assertion denied by Armfield. And she testified that after that incident, she had, quote, started noticing that Jeffrey would make these sexual kind of gestures towards my body, unquote, and calling her, quote, yummy and scrumptious, unquote. She referred to the time that Rush had told a newspaper that he had a, quote, stage door Johnny Crush on Norville and how she felt, quote, belittled and embarrassed, and I was, I guess, ashamed. Then she told the court that, quote, I discovered that Jeffrey's behaviour was inappropriate, mostly towards women, unquote, on a daily basis. Behaviour, she said, that, quote, became normalised in the rehearsal room. Hmm. So how did Erin Jean present herself in terms of the power balance between the two? She described herself, a young actor, quote, at the bottom rung in terms of the hierarchy, and Geoffrey Rush was definitely at the top. She said that playing King Lear with him was, quote, a huge opportunity, and that she didn't want to jeopardise either her role or the dynamic between herself and Rush on stage. And then came the allegation at the heart of the Telegraph story. According to Norville, Rush groped her breast during a preview performance of the play in front of a live audience, and rubbed his hand along her lower back eight times. During the final weeks of performance, she claimed he slipped his hands underneath her shirt above her jeans and lightly traced his fingers along her lower back. She told the court she believed he did it, quote, deliberately, and, quote, the touch was different to what I'd experienced previously. It was slow and light and pressured across my breast, and that's why I thought it was deliberate. She said, quote, it didn't feel like an accident, and that she felt threatened. Quote, my panic levels shot up and I felt unsafe and probably sad. When the barrister asked her why she felt sad, Novel's voice cracked and her eyes welled with tears as she replied, quote, because I think Jeffrey's idea of friendship was different to mine. Mm. And then she was interrogated over those extremely colourful text messages with Jeffrey Rush. Norville defended her written email and banter, which continued even after Rush had allegedly traced his fingers under her shirt, as, quote, survival mode. I had two shows to go. I was very frightened. I didn't want to risk the performance. I guess I chose to put Jeffrey's comfortability above my own. I just thought I could keep going. I have come this far and I felt trapped by my own silence. When she was asked about the emojified text message she got from Rush a year after King Lear, Norval said she went to the highly respected actor Robin Nevin and told her that, quote, I had been harassed by Jeffrey during the show and that I thought it was sexual harassment. She said Nevin told her, quote, I didn't think Jeffrey was doing that anymore. And then she said Nevin said to her, quote, poor Jane, referring to Rush's wife. Hmm. Norval was questioned about the sexual names and innuendos in the texts between her and Rush. Yeah, at length. She was asked by Rush's barrister, Bruce McClintock, about the nickname she used for Rush, Galapagos Lusty Thrust, in texts to him. McClintock said, quote, I suppose you would tell your honour that there's nothing sexual about that. Norville replied, quote, it could be perceived as sexually, intellectually flirtatious. The judge interjected, quote, what about sexually flirtatious? No, Norville replied. 
I was not sexually interested in Geoffrey Rush, she told the court. He had a wife and also he was my friend. Then, under her breath, she added, quote, that's disgusting. And she was bluntly accused of lying to the court. Mm. It was Halloween when Norville returned to the stand and McClintock ramped up his cross-examination, accusing her several times of lying. You're a person who's prepared to tell untruths if it suits you, aren't you, Miss Norville? Mr Rush never behaved inappropriately to you at any time during the production of King Lear, and when you told His Honour that he did so, and indeed in that answer, you're lying, aren't you? To which Norville replied, turning to the judge, quote, Your Honour, I am not lying. So Amber, this trial was notable for more than just the searing and often emotional evidence from witnesses like Geoffrey Rush, his wife Jane and his accuser, Erin G. Norville. Exactly. As if the case hadn't attracted enough controversy, there was an extraordinary intervention two weeks before the trial ended from the Telegraph's barrister, Tom Blackburn. He told the judge that the Telegraph wanted to amend its defence because it had received an 85-page affidavit the previous weekend from a witness X. An affidavit, he said, that contained, quote, vital evidence that went to the heart of the imputations that Rush engaged in, quote, inappropriate behaviour of a sexual nature. We now know the identity of Witness X, but at the time of the defamation case, her identity was a secret, right? That's right. Witness X, it emerged seven months later, was Australian actor Yael Stone, who is best known for her work in the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. In interviews with the New York Times and the ABC's 7.30 program, just over a month after the defamation trial had finished, Stone claimed that Rush had exposed himself to her backstage while working with Rush in 2010 and 2011, and that he had sent her sexually suggestive messages and attempted to spy on her while she was showering. Rush denied the allegations. So did the judge allow the Telegraph to use this explosive new evidence? No. He rejected allowing the new evidence because, he said, it would cause uncertainty, harm and prejudice to Rush and his family and result in an unacceptable delay of at least six months to the defamation proceedings, which he said were, quote, all but finished. Mm. Thanks, Amber. Uh, to read the full series, go to crikey.com.au and look for Jeffrey Rush Trial by Media. And my name is Peter Frey. Thank you so much for listening. Um, next time, we'll be talking about the judgment and what happened after that. This is a production of Crikey's Investigative Unit, Inc., and 2SER's Fourth Estate. You can listen to all these episodes at crikey.com.au or subscribe to Fourth Estate at 2SER. Frankly, I'd do both.